Welcome back to more Money Minutes for Doctors. And I have a very, very, very special guest today. And we're gonna be talking about a topic that's very near and dear to our doctors, side gig income, and particularly how they can go into consulting. And I have a special expert who's joining us. So welcome, I'm Catherine Vesnes, the CEO and founder of MD Financial Advisors. And today I have with me, Jim Mangravini. And Jim is with one of my very favorite firms, Seek. Um, and he's going to tell us what Seek stands for and how Seek was really one of the first firms out there to help doctors get um, non-clinical income. So first of all, Jim, tell us about you. Tell us about Seek and how you help doctors. Thanks so much, Kate. Um, so I'm the president of Seek. We are an ACCME accredited continuing education company. We're actually founded in 1980, so we've been around a while. Um, and we specialize, as you were saying, in teaching physicians how to either replace their in clinical income completely through getting a non-clinical career, or by, as you would say, side gigs, supplementing their income. And um, we have classes and resources on a number of areas, including expert witnessing, which is my particular niche, independent medical exams, otherwise known as IMEs, disability and file reviews, inventing, life care planning, writing, and the one that we're going to talk about today, which is consulting. So the good news is, as I know Kate's been telling you, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, and, um, you know, we actually have a lot of doctors that make more on their side gig than they do on their regular gig, actually substantially more. It actually subsidizes them and lets them treat patients still, which is a little sad. <laughs> I love it. It subsidizes their day job, if, exactly. you, if you will. And the, and the way I got into this was I found about 80% of our doctors um, were very interested in side gigs for one reason or another. They needed money to pay off student debts, or maybe they hadn't saved enough for kids' college or retirement, and they were all talking to me about side gigs. And I found your company about a year ago, and I've probably sent you dozens and dozens of doctors, but I just want to make sure our audience understands that you guys don't pay me any referral fees or anything on the, on the clients we send you away. I just think you're a great company, and I'm just really happy that, to find that resource for our doctors. Fair enough? Fair, fair enough. And thank you very much for that. And I, and I could just comment on what you just said there. And the reason that doctors are looking for side gigs is very simple. For the for the amount of talent that they have, for the amount of brain power that they have, for the amount of work and education that they put in, they're grossly underpaid and undervalued in the system. So it is our pleasure uh, to help them really realize what they're, what they're worth and they can actually see it for the first time in some of these endeavors. Well, exactly. And in fact, what I find is this kind of side gig is a whole lot less stressful than clinical work. And sometimes that in itself can be a great reason to consider it. And nobody dies. Nobody, nobody dies. I love that. Well, our focus today is consulting. I love the fact that you have all these other training programs, but I have had a lot of doctors saying, well, I'd like to get into consulting, but what does it look like? How do I get in there? So let's talk about that. What does consulting look like for physicians and for dentists? Sure. So um, it's very simple and it's also very complicated, but the simple answer is it's getting paid to help other people or organizations solve their problems. Okay, so all a consultant is, is a somebody who sees a problem in the world and doesn't look at it like this is terrible and just complains about it, but they see that as an opportunity, a lucrative opportunity to create a win-win type situation. And that's what a consultant is, somebody that solves problems. It gets paid to do it. And probably the best part, getting paid to do it. Can you give us some examples though of some, maybe some of the clients you've had and some consulting gigs that they've had? 
Absolutely. I would give you a couple of examples for people, doctors that have taught for us. The first is the late Ken Cohn, taught for us for a number of years, wonderful human being, uh, general surgeon. And he was a consultant on physician, uh, excuse me, on hospital staff relations. And obviously anybody that's ever worked in a hospital system or a hospital knows that that can be a dicey situation. And um, he, um, he looked at that situation. He said, you know, I can be part of the problem or I can be part of the solution. And what he went out to do, what Ken went out and did, and he, he wrote a very, very small book. We're going to talk about establishing yourself in a, in a niche later on um, hospital staff relations, maybe about 60 pages long. And that established him as an expert in this area. And he started getting calls where he would be called in when there was going to be about a mutiny or a, you can't have a strike, but you know what I mean? There's going to be a complete meltdown. And he would come in and be the marriage counselor and, and put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And he was paid very well for that. But most importantly, it was a win-win for everyone. Ken absolutely loved what he was doing. It was a win for the hospital because they got their doctors happier. It was a win for the doctors because they were happier when they're working physicians. And it's a win for the patients because the patients actually have a doctor in a hospital there that's going to treat them. You know, if the doctors are all burnt out and quit, that doesn't help the patients at all. Um, so that's one, that's one example of a niche. I'll give you two more. The second's actually with the same person. So who took over for Ken after, after Ken passed was a doctor named um, Julia Kinder. She's an osteopath. She's a family medicine physician. And um, about 16 or 17 years ago, life threw her a little bit of a surprise in that her daughter, beautiful daughter Ella, was born with an extra chromosome with Down syndrome. And... Um, Julia is one of the most impressive people that I have ever met. And I mean, super, super duper mom. And she went out and she learned everything she could about Down syndrome. And her daughter, Ella, is the most beautiful, sweet, special, high achieving person that you can ever imagine with all these things that, that Julia learned as a doctor. It was, easy, it was easier for her to learn these things. And then what she decided to do after we, we, we actually, she took our class. Um, what she decided to do, and actually so Ken took our class as well, is we said, look, you can help other parents of children with Down syndrome get the same results and give them the same information, like a light bulb went off. So she has a presence online. I think it's called My Baby with Down Syndrome. And she gets consulting calls and assignments from all over the world, oh. Asia, the Middle East, yes. Um, and all these people that, that they've just got the diagnosis, they just got the, the child, she gives them specific advice and help to get these kids to be as high functioning as possible. And it's a tremendous win-win. So Julia feels great about what she's doing. These kids are getting helped. The parents are getting helped. And Julia's making money. And, you know, what you want to do with consulting, we'll talk about this in a minute, I'm sure, is you want to find something that you like, right. but that you're good at, and that there's a demand for. So the other thing that Julia did was... Um, she was a she was a, a, a primary care physician out in Missouri, and she really didn't like it. She wasn't happy. She was in practice with a family member. She just didn't like clinic. She didn't like her patients. She didn't like anything to do with it. She wanted to get out. <laughs> so she also took our class on non-clinical careers. Julia has this great personality. She's a great motivator, just so great to talk to. And she also decided to become a coach for other doctors who were looking to make a non-clinical switch. Okay, so she serves as an executive, I don't call it an executive coach, but a, a coach for physicians that are looking to do a non-clinical career. And another great niche, it's something she understands, 
something where she can help these people. And it's a win-win. She gets to feel good. They get to get a new career. She makes to get, gets to make money. Everybody's happy. So there's a, there's a lot out there. You can consult on almost anything that people are willing to pay you for your expertise on to help solve a problem. Well, I love your stories because you could have these passion projects. You feel like you're on the side of the angels because you're doing so much good for other people. You're really helping the people you're consulting with and you get compensated for it. To me, it's, it's such a win-win-win. So. Well, not, not to be judgmental. Sometimes it's not always the angels, but you have to define angels as you may, right? <laughs> and, you know, I've had, <laughs> the pharmaceutical industry has a lot of people that do consulting and the pharmaceutical company is looking pretty good right now with the vaccines coming out, which I think is a good thing. But, you know, it really depends. The, the sky is the limit in terms of what you can consult on. What, one of the things that makes it challenging on consulting is that the sky is the limit. It's a lot less structured. You got to figure out what your niche is going to be. Right. And sometimes you got to try a bunch of things before you find where the money is, right, and where the demand is, and things like that. But it, it's a great process. And I s tell that to our audiences all the time when it comes to side gigs in general is that you might have to try two or three or even more till you find that perfect one that really resonates with you, that's fun, light lifting, and oh yes, profitable. Yes. So here, here's the big question. I know our listeners always want to know this. How much can doctors actually make consulting? Yeah, I'll give you the great, I'm a lawyer, I'll give you the great lawyer answer. It depends. <laughs> right? uh, so it really depends on a number of factors, how much value you can deliver, right? How much is at stake? Right. And another thing is how much money does the target audience have? So I was giving a lecture on consulting in, uh, in Chicago. We, we do a conference every year for, on non-clinical careers for physicians. You get 400 physicians there and employers and it, it, it's a, it's a mad it's a madhouse. We do a pre-conference on supplementing your income, and there was a doctor in the back of the room. She was let's talk about consulting. Let's talk about niche ideas. So she raised her hand and she starts talking about this idea she had to help residents with resident physicians with consulting. And I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm listening. And she says, "What do you think?" I said, "Well, I said if you want this to be a hobby, I think that would be great. If you're looking to make money, I would forget it." She looked at me like I had eight heads. I go, residents have no money. Yes. You're barking up the wrong tree. Okay. So that's a problem, right? So where's the money? There's a lot of doctors that want to get into wellness consulting. Okay. Yes. Individuals are going to pay me. They're going to teach them how to exercise and how to eat right. You know, a lot of people really aren't interested in that. The people that are could figure it out on their own, you know, so you probably could make money doing that, but probably more on the corporate side, right? Which is, I don't know how evil that is, but you really want to think about, also, how do you get paid? Are you getting paid by the hour, which will limit in certain ways, you know, what, how much you can make, or you're getting paid in like a performance fee, or you're getting paid by the person. So for example, I'm a expert in expert witnessing. We do expert witness training all across mm -hmm. the country. Trained by, I've been hired by the FBI, the Securities Exchange Commission, the Secret Service, the IRS. Oh, wow. Good consultant. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so a lot of times we get paid by the person and it can get quite lucrative like that because you're not limiting yourself to an hourly rate. But suffice it to say, if you're in the right niche, you're doing the right thing, which you should be doing, it'll be more than what you're making practicing medicine for substantially less risk and aggravation and substantially more fun. So there, there's your vague, it depends answer. I know, I've been practicing law since the dark ages too, so I get that. But let's just take a, a, a rough hypothetical case. Maybe we've got a doctor that's doing some consulting for a pharmaceutical company. What kind of range can you give me there? Do you think they might be making? Depends. It really depends. I mean, it could be a low. It, it, I just it, it. You can't. How much does a house cost? You sure. don't know, right? It could be a low of 
50 to $100 an hour, depending upon what you're doing and who they're looking for, to several six, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars an hour or more. It really depends. The top physician consultants at a place like McKinsey might bill out at $1,500, $2,000 an hour. Oh my gosh. Right? right, just like the top lawyers would do it, right? It really depends on the value that you are delivering, how much competition there is for you, okay? So, I mean, I'll tell you a funny story once. I was... Um, I was a young lawyer. I just graduated from law school. I was out with a bunch of my friends. We took my uncle's boat over to Martha's Vineyard. Okay. And we went to have dinner. We came back. It was about eight o'clock at night and was sitting on my boat. I'm, my uncle's boat. I'm just firing it up. And we go to go back to the mainland. Okay. This, um, this elderly couple, maybe not elderly, they were probably in their sixties. They come, they start looking at my boat. They look at the, the back of the boat, home ports it from. So you're from Falmouth, are, are you? We go, yeah. She goes, he goes, we missed the last ferry. Can you take us back? I said, sure, I could do that. He goes, um, how much would it cost? Now keep in mind, this is the only way these people had to get off the island. <laughs> so I looked at him, I said, how much you got? <laughs> Spoke like a true attorney, I love it. <laughs> I wouldn't take any money from when I got to the other side, I was just kidding around with them. But the point is <laughs> supply and demand. So if you find a niche where people need you, they want you, that the, the hospital is going to come crashing down, right? You're a rich person, you just had a kid with Down syndrome. How much are they going to pay for that? They'll pay whatever it takes to solve their problem if they think you can solve the problem. The key is you have to deliver value. And, and one of the biggest mistakes physicians make in consulting is they undervalue their services. So it's going to be lucrative. It's certainly going to be more, unless you're like a neurosurgeon or something like that, than what you're making in clinical practice without all the overhead and everything else. There's no overhead and there's none. It's like a cell phone and a web page, maybe nothing. Computer, it's a great gig. I love that, and no staff. The, no staff. Well, you can have a staff, and you can bill them out too. But that's another. Story. Oh, that's another story. All right, tell us about the kind of training that a doctor needs in order to do consulting. Sure. So, um, what what we really recommend is that um, you get some training. You really want to understand um, uh, your niche. Um, you understand how to find a niche for yourself. You understand how to do the billing. You understand how to market yourself. Um, and that's the type of things that we do in our course called How to Start, Build, and Run a Successful Physician Consulting Practice. We give you all the tools that you're going to need to figure out how this, this business runs. And you know what? It ain't rocket science. Okay. There's a lot of subtleties involved in it, but being a consultant is not rocket science. And you can be a consultant today if all you need to do is when somebody asks you to solve a problem, instead of doing it for free, you ask for money. It's like, that's the... Uh, that's the <laughs> money for this stuff instead of doing it for free. Uh, awesome. And so how do you recommend, or what do you recommend doctors do in order to get started in consulting? Yeah. So what, so what I would recommend is they take our class called how to start, build and run a successful expert witness practice. They're going to need to, after they kind of get the sense as to how they're going to run the business, they're going to need to figure out a niche. They're going to figure out how to get the word out. Okay. And again, the most important thing, which a lot of doctors are very uncomfortable with because they never have to deal with it is they have to figure out how to ask for money mm -hmm. comfortably and professionally because somebody else pays for that. The, the billing person in the office handles it. The doctors are never asking for money. And as you know, as an attorney, we're used to that. You got, right? right? You give us a retainer or this, 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 this horse ain't moving, <laughs> right? Somebody else has you as an attorney. And it's a different way of thinking. I think the dentists have a little bit easier in that way because they're always talking about money because there's, there's not as much insurance going on there with the dentists. But that's the biggest thing. You got to get comfortable with the process, but you got to think about the niche is probably the first thing. Think about how, you know, what area do I want, area or areas do I want to work in and where I can add value and have some fun and make some money. 
Very helpful. Now, it does seem, and you alluded to this before, that doctors that have a real robust reputation in their field are going to find it a easier to get consulting jobs, and they're actually probably going to be making higher pay. Do you, do you think that's true? No, I actually don't. Oh, I think that it, it really just depends. But I, again, I give you an example on that as well. Um, what what consulting clients are interested in are people that can get the job done. It's that simple. Okay, I know you're from Rhode Island. I'm going to get in trouble here. Tom Brady, he was a sixth round draft pick. Nobody gives a darn. Right. He was the best ever. He still has just won a Super Bowl at age 43. Right. They don't care what draft pick he was or what how many years he started at Michigan. Can you get the job done? Right. So, you know, you could be a big cheese at Stanford or Harvard and all these other places. That can be helpful depending upon what you're doing, but you need to move the needle. Um, so, and the skills that you would have here are not necessarily, the, the, the skills that you would have when consulting are not necessarily the same skills you would have as a um, as, as a treating physician or as an academic physician. I'll give you an example about myself, okay? So you're a lawyer, I'm a lawyer. I did not go to Harvard Law School, okay? Now, there's a very simple reason for that, Kate. They didn't let me in, okay? <laughs> they made the right decision with that, let me tell you. So um, I graduated from law school in 1993. And after I got out of law school, I practiced law a couple of years, I mean, not very long. And then I got into this expert witness training thing where I developed a real expertise and I wrote a lot of books on it, taught a lot of courses and really became, you know, one of the leading people in this field, myself and my partner, my mentor, Steve Babitsky, also my, my colleague, Nadine Donovan. And the funniest, craziest thing about 10 to 12 years after they wouldn't let me into Harvard Law School, Harvard was recruiting me to be on their faculty because <laughs> I was an expert, not the law school, but it was part of Harvard because I was an expert in this area and expert witnessing. They didn't ask me, where'd you go to law school, right? You know, yeah, how many articles have you published here? You know, what's your title? Can you get this job done? Do you know about this area that we have, um, that, we have uh, um, that we have needs in, okay? So what you wanna think about, if, if you are a big cheese academic doc, that's good. And you could probably leverage that. But if you're not, don't fight on somebody else's terms to try to be the big cheese academic doctor find an area that other that these doctors aren't in that's lucrative that's fun that you that you enjoy etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think there's good news there you got to have doctors getting to have some well i'll let you go kate sorry no i think that's great news um it, we talked earlier about how important it is to build up their reputation and their brand what are your thoughts on that absolutely but the simple ways to do it and it's a lot easier now than it was say 20 years ago what i would say is a uh, bunch of things you want to do you want to write. Uh, Ken Cohn taught me, great man, he said that the word authority has author at its root. When you right. start writing about something, you're going to be an expert on it. You want to blog, you can do that today, right? Very easy to right. get with your own blog. You want to talk about physician-staff relationship, you want to talk about Down syndrome, whatever it is that's your niche. But you are doing some of the stuff, Kate, right, for the doctors and their financial needs, right? You, you know all the stuff already. Right. You want to speak. You, you came up to me last time we spoke say, hey, I want to get in front of your audience. Okay, we'll talk about that, right? Get yourself out there. Right. Um, you want to teach. And then the more consulting that you do, a lot of the consulting that I do right now where I'm helping expert witnesses and doctors and things like that, it's all word of mouth because somebody else had me like, get man Graviti, he's really good. He's a wise ass, but he's good. Um, and so those are, the, those are the easy things that you want to do to get started to kind of build up your presence. And the online presence, you know, if you can find a niche where there's not a lot of people operating, 
you're going to be easy to find online. And that's probably one of the keys to starting off is finding that niche that you're going to be able to be found in, not competing with a million other people that, you know, on paper may look better than you. Oh, I think that's so true. I love your thoughts about writing blogs. It doesn't cost anything nowadays to do it. These oh. videos, I just heard a research yesterday that says YouTube videos, uh, searching on YouTube is the number two search engine. Yep, that's good stuff. We use that. We do all the stuff ourselves. It's not rocket science. It's good. Uh, so tell me about the mistakes. What are kind of the common mistakes that you see doctors making when they want to go into consulting? I think there's two of them, and, and they're... Um, there's a few, I'll talk about two of them. One is overconfidence, they're bookends. One is underconfidence. The overconfidence is, I'm a doctor, I'm brilliant, I know everything, and uh, you know, uh, I, I can do this as easy, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, but it's a different way of thinking. And the other one is, I'm only a doctor, I only save lives, I can't do anything else, who the hell would want to pay me for anything? And I think <laughs> both of those attitudes, mostly I see the underconfidence, not the overconfidence. I don't run into too much of the overconfidence. But I think those are definitely mistakes. I think also getting a niche in an area where people don't have any money, that could be a problem. Um, and also trying to be an expert in too many things, because if you claim to be an expert in 15 different things, people won't trust you. Um, so you may have to experiment as you're going along. So those are some of the mistakes that we see. Again, there's, there's, there's some subtleties. There's, there's a fair amount to learn, but it's not rocket science. And then let's talk a little bit more about how your firm can help. Uh, we talked a little bit about the training. You want to go into a little more detail about that? And also, do you do any one-on-one -on -one coaching? Because I have a lot of our clients, they just need some help sorting through the quagmire to even figure out a way to get started. Yeah, is it okay if I help them? Oh, sorry. Is it okay if I share my screen, Kate? Of course you can. That'll make me smaller. The audience will like that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm smart enough to do this here. Okay, so this is our website. We're at seek.com. Um, you can see it right up here, seek.com. And we have up every year in Clearwater Beach, Florida, we do training on supplementing your, your, your clinical income. So you can see we have a course on writing, life care planning. Um, so you can take classes online, uh, live from us in person. And hopefully the COVID gods, gods will let us do that. And then we have training available to stream on demand. And one of the classes that we have is how to start, build, and run a physician consulting practice. So sometimes we run that class live with COVID. We haven't been able to. So you can click on this and get going right away. We have CME um, and we'll teach you how to go through all these things. And you can see all the, all the other offerings that we have here. I know this is kind of running into the next question you want to ask us. So we have both uh, stream on demand. You can start right away training and we have live in person, normal classes like you would normally uh, imagine. It's always someplace warm because I like the beach. Um, and then sometimes people want, look, I need help with my niche. I need help here. I need help there. I need help with you know, putting this all together. And we're happy to do one-on-one -on -one consulting with people. I do that all the time. Most of it's on expert witnessing. I'm happy to do it on consulting as well. It's really, expert witnessing is just a form of consulting, essentially. Absolutely. I love the screenwriting for physicians. That looks like fun. Oh my God, they have fun <laughs> doing that. that. The trainer is unbelievable. He's a Hollywood guy, Yale professor. That's Rich Krevelin. Um, <laughs> inventing. I mean, there's, there's, it's, just, it's just crazy. Um, all the opportunities there are out there for physicians. Um, that's, that's the good news. Again, the sad thing is that they have to do this because they should be paid much more than they are for the work that they're doing. I mean, they get called in the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning, paid nothing for that. I mean, it's just crazy. It's insane. The doctors need to be paid a lot more and people need to be a lot more thankful for the work that they're putting in. Right. Safe and Part of the reason we got into this. So if we've got doctors that are interested in consulting too, we always, we're happy to help them as part of what we do. And we feel like when they need to go to the next level, they need more for sure. We want to send them your way, Jim. 
Thank Absolutely. You. And I totally agree. Um, we're talking a lot about misconceptions that doctors have used to, you know, they're either, they think they're too smart or they think that they're not smart enough. One of the things I find is doctors think they're making a lot more money than they really are. And they can't figure out why they're so broke. Or I had one radiologist tell me we're the richest broke people in the country. And I, I, had a, I had a pediatric neurologist from Brown. She teaches at Brown. She called me up like seven or eight years ago. She told me she was making a hundred thousand dollars a year. No, like, the paralegals at my wife's corporation make that. I'm like, you're crazy. You need an intervention. I mean, you just like go work someplace else. This is nuts. For yeah, the high school principal makes more than that, probably. Absolutely, they get July yeah. and August off, right? They leave at three o'clock every day, and nobody's dying. <laughs> Exactly. A whole lot less stressful. Um, I, I'm so excited that we were able to, to find you. I feel like we're, we're such a good fit. Uh, but tell us, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they want more information, Jim? Sure. Just go right back to that website, seek.com. S is in Sam, E is in L and E is in Alex, K is in Karen, www.seek.com. We're happy to help them out. Um, you know, and I said, there's, there's a lot out there, out there. What you're going to find is the thing about the supplemental income and the, the, the side gigs, as you want to call them, it's lucrative, that's good. But the biggest juice you're gonna get out of it is gonna be A, helping people, and it's something different. If you've been into what you've been doing for 30 years and you're a gastroenterologist, I mean, you know, after 10,000 colonoscopies, the 10,000 and first one, a lot of times is not that interesting, doctors tell me. When you start doing these other activities, whatever they may be, it's interesting. When you start learning your personal finances like Kate's gonna teach you, it's interesting, it's fun. It's a, you know, you guys are brilliant. You have all these talents, but you've been, you've been put in, in, in kind of this narrow lane through the structure of medicine. And it's great fun to get outside of it and to be able to do things a little bit differently. So enjoy it. You're really going to enjoy this work once you get into it. Um, and you could be a hell of a lot more creative and no insurance company. That's the other point I'm going to make. No insurance company or government bureaucrat is going to tell you how much money you can make. You can make as much as people are willing to pay you. And that's a brave new world that you're really going to enjoy. I love that because what I find with our doctors who are doing this is they're like revitalized. They've got this new lease on life. That life is fun again. And they really, really, enjoy, they really, really enjoy that. So I don't know if I mentioned this to you when we were chatting before, but I would say about 80% of our clients who come to us in their 50s and 60s, 80% are going to run out of money in retirement and they're clueless. They have absolutely no idea. No idea. And I'll ask them a question like, are you concerned about running out of money? They're like, no. And I'm thinking, oh, honey, you should be because this is going to be ugly. No doctor wants to quit work at 65 and then have, be out of dough by the time they're 70. What are they going to do for the next 20, 25 years of their life, right? What I love about consulting or some of these other side gigs that you, that you guys work with are these are things that smart doctors can do. They're 80, 85 maybe 90 because they're fun they're light lifting for them and they're incredibly lucrative and it helps add to their retirement income so i bet you see a lot of clients like that taking your classes yeah we got a lot of that and a lot of them some of them have enough money they'd like to make more but the, the, the quote is they don't want to drive their spouse crazy so they need to do something to keep them busy they don't play a lot of golf but um no it's it's i'm very grateful that you're available for a resource for these positions to help with their finances and, and, to, and to turn things around um, some positions, just like any other profession, some people they have they run into divorces or bad business decisions, and it's tough. Um, but thank you for being there for them, and thank you for all the physicians for being there for us. Yes, 
And then what would you say your top three recommendations are for doctors who want to start consulting? Sure. Number one, take it seriously. Okay. You are very serious, very accomplished, scary, smart people. And what you went through to be, become a doctor, Kate and I are lawyers. It's nothing compared to what we had to go through. It was a joke for us. And we get out, we actually get paid when we get out. We're not resident <laughs> slaves, right? That's not so, a joke. <laughs> well, compared to what they're doing, right? And so, no, no, I disagree with you. I almost had a nervous breakdown in law school, but go ahead. I would drink a beer in law school, but anyhow. Um, <laughs> so what I tell people is, look, to learn how to become a doctor or a lawyer, it, it, it's a long process, okay? But to learn how to become a consultant, if you could if you could take it seriously like you did your medical training, and if you give a fraction of 1% of the effort that you put into becoming a doctor, you'll nail this. Right. But you can't just do it with zero. So take it seriously. And it's not just going to come to you because you're wonderful. You got to work at this. You got to think about it. Okay. Number two, uh, commit the time necessary to make this happen. So a lot of doctors are stuck on the gerbil wheel. I'm sure you see it all the time. They just, they just, they got so busy. They were on call. They're doing this, they're documenting, they got their family. They, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. This stuff is not going to happen on its own. You have to devote the time every week to make it happen. So if you right. want to do blog posts, it's got to be an hour here. Um, whatever it is you're doing, you need to block off the time. You need to find the time. I also find a lot of doctors waste time doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. They don't want to delegate. And so time management would be the second big mistake that I make. Um, and the third thing is don't reinvent the wheel or make avoidable mistakes. Get some training and learn how to be a consultant. Again, it's not going to take long to learn how to do this, but get the training so you don't make those mistakes. You don't go down rabbit hole dead ends. Absolutely. I love those recommendations. So to, to end up, there's been a fabulous conversation today, Jim. I hope our audience found it incredibly helpful. I'm going to include your contact information in our show notes. And then for our listeners today, I just want to remind you that I put together a, a online course. It's free for our clients. It's called the Side Gig Starter Course. Um, that I can also put a link here for anybody. And it talks about some of the tax advantages of being uh, of having a side gig, some different opportunities, a lot of interviews with some physicians actually on what they've done for their side gigs, how it's worked out for them and how they got started. Uh, I actually have an interview there with your former partner, Steve Babitsky is actually in, in that too, talking a little bit about Seek. So if you're not one of our clients, that's okay. Uh, send, send an email and we can tell you how to sign up for that course. So once again, Jim, just delightful. I enjoyed talking with you so much. I hope we can do this again on one of the other topics that you, that you have that we've been talking about. Maybe expert witnessing next time. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Kate. Thank you. Okay, take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.